Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. All right, it is Taz and the Moose with you here on this Thursday morning. Third and final hour. You got Thursday night football tonight. Good show so far. Tony Baselli joined us earlier on in the program talking about a little bit about Eli Manning, the latest and greatest with Jalen Ramsey. You'll see him suiting up tonight down in Jacksonville. As the Jaguars entertain the Tennessee Titans, you've got uh, Mike and Pete across the way. Bogus with the double duty today. Uh, as he's got your updates. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Home is more than a house. It certainly is. It's a personal paradise. Get yours with Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. Third and final hour. Here we go. The three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. Jets Jamal Adams calls NFL, quote, a damn joke for fining him. Uh, Yeah, that's what he did. $21,000 fine. Uh, took the extra, I guess, half step. Uh, he was critical yesterday on social media last night when that uh, he got that letter uh, in his locker. Uh, down in Florham Park, Taz, uh, bothered by the fine, you know, criticizing the National Football League. What is this? And paraphrasing here, um, you know, said it tried to set a tone early on in the game. Kind of lost his emotion late, and that's when he was sent to the bench uh, by uh, by Adam Gase and uh, at the time Greg Williams. Um, you know, mu- that's much to do about nothing. The twenty one thousand dollar fine. I mean. Did I think it was a cheap shot? No, I, I really didn't. I was surprised he got fined when, when that news came out because after the hit, you saw Baker Mayfield tap him on the helmet. Yeah, uh, I had no problem at all with that. I said it earlier, and I watched I said it, I think, the day after here on this show here, the day after the game. I had no problem with it at all. I, I'm a big fan of Jamal Adams, the way he plays. He was a hard-nosed football player, and he's and it's an old-school you know, defensive thing in, in a lot of sports, not just football. You set a tone early with the offensive star, and you let him know. And even if that costs you some yardage, you do that. Look, he got benched because apparently he got benched, Jamal Adams, later in the game uh, when they were losing to the Browns because they uh, he blown an assignment or something like that, which I, I'm, I'm sorry. This guy played his ass off in that game. And I got to say, Monday Night Football did a good job focusing on Jamal Adams to bring you into his world as he was he was running a muck and running playing like a ball hawk in that game, even though his team lost. The big problem for me is with the Jets is now you got to deal with a little team called the Patriots, and you got to go on the road to play them. Yeah, and you go into that game as a dog, and you're you're minus twenty three. I'm sorry, you're plus twenty three because you're you're fixing to get spanked by the best team in the NFL. So arguably the best team in the NFL next, maybe the, maybe the Chiefs, but. So that's this is just a distraction the New York Jets don't need at all right now. Um, you know, and just as far as that that he is upset that he got benched, I understand the league find him, but it's like it just they don't you don't need this right now when you get you got to just all systems go to try to prepare for the best with, without your quarterback against the Patriots. Hello. Especially with the way that they looked the first yeah. couple of weeks too. Oh, um, this is crazy. Now maybe 
I don't know the severity of it, Taz. Nobody really does. But the reports yesterday is that Brady was limited in practice with a calf injury yeah. uh, for New England. You know, you're not going to get much more than that from the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all you're going to get and all you're going to hear. So who knows about the severity of it? Maybe it's just a, a little bit of a, a tweak. Maybe it's more severe than that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think, I think Brady's going to line up and play. I mean, for for every, I mean, for yeah. what that's worked here on this Thursday morning. Oh, but he was, yeah. It, it is something that raises an eyebrow whenever you hear Brady is limited in practice with a calf injury. Yeah, no, I, that I saw, does uh, yeah. that does raise an eyebrow. I, I saw it online and uh, I tweeted out and I utilized the uh, bulging eyeballs emoji. Nice uh, when I saw that. Uh, not that I want to see anybody injured, but hey, a little calf strain and uh, maybe Big Tom misses a few games. I got no problem with that. But, yeah, he's going to play no matter what it takes. He's probably got a team of 65 uh, Alex Guerreros helping him, 70 people, 89 to 100 people helping his calf. He's probably got a calf expert working on his calf. Um, this guy's got the money and the desire, and he's got everything. And, you know, he's going to play and probably throw for 450 yards. So that's <laughs> well, probably They're 20, what are they, 23 23-point favorite. Yeah, 23-point yeah, favorite. Yeah. Uh, are the New England Patriots against the Jets with Luke Falk at quarterback for uh, the Jets as well? The backup is going to be a gentleman by the name of Fails. Mm. Uh, he is the backup. So uh, it's very, very fitting when you look at the Jets and uh, how their season has gone up until this point in time. And especially when you look at Greg Williams' as defensive coordinator has done a marvelous job. And Adam Gase and this revolutionary offense, Kingsbury's offense has been more revolutionary than what Gase has brought to the Jets. Now, yeah. I know injuries, but week one against the Buffalo Bills, Taz, left a lot to be desired. Offensive line looks terrible. Uh, Khalil looks like he should have stayed in retirement yeah, uh, as, as the starting center for the Jets. Uh, it's been a disastrous start, and now they go into Foxborough, and now you have a you know one of your best players, and kind of the face of the franchise aside from Sam Darnold, the mo- most vocal guy on that franchise is Jamal Adams. Uh, getting a little chippy about the NFL and this fine on the hit on Baker Mayfield. So, yeah, uh, I mean, frustration can rear its head in a lot of uh, in a lot of different ways, and you're seeing that from Jamal yeah. Adams now. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. And it's funny you mentioned uh, you, you mentioned the center them. You know, I, I, I remember with the Jets. I'm saying I remember for years the Jets always had you know they had Nick Mangold for years who was great, Kevin Mawai who was Ooh. great. You know they always had you know these 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 great centers for for modern day football for the New York Jets, and it's like that's a major part of your offensive line. That's the nucleus of your line. Everybody talks about the left tackle, which is vital. We know that, but. And Ronnie Cleo, like, he's just not playing good, to your point. And if you have your center is not holding it down. I remember all those years with, with the Miami Dolphins, Dwight Stevenson was the center from, for, for, uh, for uh, um, Dan Marino and stuff like that. And this guy was like, he anchored that offensive line with a guy named Bob Kuchenberg next to him playing guard. I mean, those, those centers, those great centers, the guys that, like Nick Mangold, like him or not, I remember when he came out of Ohio State, he had a lot of hype, and he deserved it. And he went to the Jets, had an amazing career, okay? And, 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 and you know you know about Kevin Mawai, too. So I, that's vital when you mention a guy like Khalil yeah. not playing well. It's so important, that center spot. It never gets any love, but it's vital. And, and I think that's another little bit of, bit of the problem for the Jets. Yeah, uh, that and, and hopefully Beecham never sees Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett again. Uh, because, he got eaten up. Yeah, he got uh, absolutely destroyed. Calvin Beach, Beachum uh, got eaten up. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so we'll see what the Jets do. Uh, maybe they uh, maybe they play a lot better than many people expect, or maybe it's just a, another 40-point Patriot victory. All right, next. Number two.
Report, Eli Manning won't waive his no-trade clause. Yeah, so Eli Manning yesterday met with the media for the first time at his locker, running the scout team now. It is Daniel Jones' team. Um, Here's their head coach, Pat Shermer, on the decision. To this point, I think it's safe to say in our minds, he's checked off all the boxes and everything that we've asked him to do. Um, And so we'll get him ready to play, uh, put a plan together that he can utilize, and we'll go to work. Here is Daniel Jones on being the Giants' starting quarterback. I was excited. I think, you know, certainly um, excited for the opportunity. Um, you know, Coach uh, Coach called me up to his, his office. We, we had that conversation and, and uh, you know, obviously a, uh, a unique cir- circumstance and, and uh, you know, but, but excited for the opportunity. Yeah, and we played the Eli stuff earlier on the show, Taz. Um, you know, you look at Manning handled himself with class. You expect it, right? I mean, he he's done that really right. the entirety of right. his career. He's never really created any sort of wave whatsoever. The only wave he ever created was he he kind of touted himself by when when he said, you know, I am elite. I am a good player. Right. I am in the conversation with Tom Brady, and everyone's like, why? How do you how do you yeah. say that? That's the only him. kind yeah. of waves that yeah. Eli's ever created. Other than that. Now, all he's done is go out there and play football. Uh, been a good representation for the Giants organization on the field, off the field. Yeah. Uh, but he knew going into this year that there was just a matter of time, whether it be week three, week seven, week eight, week 12, that if the Giants struggled, the team was going to be turned over to Daniel Jones because you don't draft a guy sixth overall, especially in today's day and age, Taz, if you don't have an intention of dra- of playing him in his initial rookie year. And, you know, and Daniel Jones, you know, as they as they go on to Tampa Bay to play the Bucks on the road, you know, this is his kid's first start down a regular season game for the NFL as a rookie. Young guy out of Duke, you know, we all know his story. And um, it's not like he's coming out of Alabama football or Clemson football or Ohio State or football, something like a Big Ten or Big 12. He's coming out of an ACC program that's, to be honest, is known for, for basketball and, and known for lacrosse. That's that's what Duke Duke's power as far as male sports is basketball and lacrosse. So not football. They've had a lot of good players come out. I'm not, I'm not disrespecting the program, but I'm just saying this kid is rising above that. The Giants loved him. Gettleman and Sherman, these guys loved him coming out, and they moved ahead to get him. And we talked about it uh, recently here, this week, I believe. You know, the thing with, with this kid is running the ball. When he's running, trying to scramble, get a couple yards for first down, he has a habit of letting go of the football when he's about to get hit, and and, and he, he fumbles a lot when he's fixing to get hit or when he does get hit. That's a problem, and you're going to have the Buccaneers' defense they are going to strip. They are going to go to strip the ball out of his hands. They're working on strip drills nonstop. I promise you down in Tampa right now because they know this kid can't hold the ball. And one of the main reasons, in my opinion, he's not holding the ball is because he's a little afraid to get hit. And he's might not. he might not have been hit a lot while at Duke. You're in the ACC. You know, you're not playing massive power football programs. Maybe he hasn't been hit a lot in his career in college. And and. I'm, I'm thinking he's a little bit gun-shy, and that's why he's dropping the football before he gets hit. You know, he's got poise in the pocket. He's got great vision. I think he's going to be a really good player for the Giants. I like Daniel Jones. I hope he does great, but they do have to fix that, and Daniel's got to fix that of hanging on to that football when he's about to eat a hit. Yeah, uh, the fumbling's got to go, uh, and that's got to be rectified. Uh, and now this week he's also going to see defenses he's never seen before because Bowles is a hell of a defensive coordinator. Yeah. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and has proven that in a number of different spots. Arizona with Arians as well. So you've seen an improvement in that 
in that uh, Tampa defense. And you know their priority number one is going to be taking Saquon Barkley away. But for Jones, you know, now's the, the opportunity. And, and Giant fans have a little bit of hope because they're watching a young quarterback develop and get better. That's what they hope to see week in and week out. But, um, you know, not everyone's not every quarterback's great initially, Taz. So you have to deal with a little bit of the growth spurts and growth pains uh, as this season goes along. But it is his franchise, sink or swim. Uh, and for Pat Shermer and for Dave Gettleman as well, because they saved themselves and um, the focus no longer is on them. It's on number eight. All right, here we go. Number three. Number three. Bruce Bochy joins 2000 Win Club. Yeah, final year as a manager for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Bruce Bochy, Mr. Eight, uh, eight Hat and All, uh, gets his uh, 2000th win. Um, here he is after the game. It's a number that represents so many people. I mean, this is this is the players. It's their part of it. Uh, the front office, uh, the Brian Sabian. Uh, you know, it just... It's all of us, the coaching staff, the training staff. and It's a, it's a number associated with me, but it should be with everybody. That's courtesy yeah. NBC Sports Bay Area, Taz. Um, well, oftentimes we talk about managers and very, very critical. Uh, Bruce Bochy is a great, great. This is his final year yeah. as a manager in that dugout for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, he's going into retirement, has had a wonderful baseball career, uh, and he was a, he is a great manager. Oh, there's no doubt about that, uh, Bochy, for sure. I mean, he's on a list with some amazing, amazing managers, guys like Tony La Rosa or, or Bobby Cox, Sparky Anderson, Joe, Joe Torre, I mean, some of the greats, Leo DeRosa, Connie Mack at the top of the list. I mean, you know, John McGraw. So you're on a list with some, like, serious, serious baseball managers. So congratulations to uh, the skipper for the Giants with the, the 2000, um, 2000 uh, career wins. That's very impressive. No doubt about it. Um, and kind of in a, in a year in which the Giants were hoping to be relevant in his final year, Taz. It did not play out that way. They held on to guys like Madison Bumgarner at the trade deadline to see if maybe they can make one last run for Bochy. Uh, did not transpire. They're not an overly talented team. Uh, so it's tough to see Bochy go out like that, but still a uh, hell of an accomplishment. So there you have it. Bruce Bochy, 2,000 career wins as a manager. Daniel Jones in, Eli Manning out. We heard from him. Uh, a couple of your big stories and headlines here on this Thursday morning. Taz and the Moose with you. Number to call, of course, 855-212-4227. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, at Taz and the Moose, at Mark Malusis at Official Taz. As we keep it rolling right here, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. This is everyone's favorite wrestler, RVD. Just want to let you know, you're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. You know what it is. It's brought to you by Geico. Great news, quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico, go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. All right. There you go. Kicked off the hour with the three bogus in the house with the latest update. What's going on, Andrew? How you doing, buddy? Moose, Taz, Taz, Moose. This report is sponsored by the NFL. The NFL invites fans to participate in Huddle for 100. Fans are encouraged to volunteer by getting out, getting active, and improving their local environment. Visit NFL.com slash Huddle for 100 to learn how you can get involved. 
The Mets and the Phillies and the Mets feeling better about their playoff chances this morning. Both won yesterday while the Brewers and the Cubs lost. Milwaukee 2-1 to San Diego. Chicago at home to the Reds. Aquino with a monstrous lead out at second base. Here's a line drive into right. That's headed into the corner. Here comes Aquino. Van Meter heading to third. That's a double for Iglesias, and the Reds have taken a 3-2 lead here in the top of the 10th inning. Jeff Brantley on Reds Radio, 3-2 in 10, the final at Wrigley. So the Cubs and Brewers stay tied for the second wild card. The Mets and Phillies now three games behind them. The Houston Astros are the second team in the postseason, clinching a spot with a 3-2 home win over the Rangers. Their magic number in the AL West is two. The Yankees denied twice of winning the AL East last night. They fell at home to the Angels 3-2, and then the Rays won at Dodger Stadium 8-7 in 11. That is a great, that's a great victory for Tampa down in Los Angeles. It really is. And how about the Yankees and all the reports? They were waiting in the clubhouse for that game to go final. If the Dodgers win, Yankees clinch. They would have been they would have been celebrating at like one o'clock in the morning with yeah. nobody in it, nobody around. They and the Rays been... scored twice in the ninth to extend the game. That's exactly right. But they were about to celebrate, and Travis Darno, a former Met, got the tying sacrifice fly. There were Yankee beat writers basically saying we're being held hostage by Dodgers <laughs> Rays. <laughs> Waiting to see about a celebration, Ugh. but yes, Rays win, so the Yankees have yet to clinch. Right, and more importantly than the Yankees not clinching. The Rays needed that win to keep control of the second wild card. They too. did. Uh, career win number 2,000 last night for Giants manager Bruce Bochy. Fans in Boston chanted his name late in the 11-3 victory. I've never had that happen before. And, uh, so, you know, I got, you know, it's, had some emotions going through me uh, during that uh, and just really overwhelmed by it. Bochy is the 11th manager with 2,000 wins. Week three in the NFL begins with the Jaguars hosting the Titans. Jacksonville still looking for its first win of the season. Head coach Doug Marone says things are cool with unhappy corner Jalen Ramsey. He'll play tonight despite asking to be traded after Sunday's loss in Houston, which included a sideline confrontation with Marone. Cam Newton and his sprained foot still haven't practiced this week. Kyle Allen would start Sunday in Arizona. Jets head coach Adam Gase said yesterday it is realistic Sam Darnold is back from mono in week five. For now, the QB is attending meetings and practice, and Colts linebacker Darius Leonard remains in the league's concussion protocol. Finally, Alinda Deladon, a near-unanimous choice as WNBA MVP. The official announcement is later this morning. It'll be the second MVP of Deladon's career. She was second in the league in scoring this season. Her Mystics had the best regular season record. Guys? All right. Uh, thank you, Andrew. Thanks, uh, dude. Good job this morning. Um, Taz, you see, the, you see the story down in Miami with Raekwon McMillan. Uh, linebacker for the Miami Dolphins. You know it's really bad, and they, they've been terrible, uh, unwatchable. They're a you know, 20-plus point underdog this week going into Dallas. They're sticking with Fitzpatrick at quarterback, um, and they might not win a game this year. But how about Raekwon McMillan yesterday coming out and saying that during that Dolphin-Patriot game um, that he legally hit Tom Brady, and he came out and said the official told him, hey, stay off Tom. Yeah, you know, usually, I mean, it's crazy, right? Something like that. For all the conspiracy theorists out there, 
that basically saying like you know nobody can hit Tom Brady, no one can touch Tom Brady, and this and that. Now you have a guy coming out and basically telling you what an official told him on the field. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know why. I mean, maybe the kid McMillan's lying. I, I feel like he's not lying. I mean, you know, it's who knows if he's telling the truth. I think he is telling the truth. And, and so do I. And and just stay off Tom. I mean. Just that alone, not stay off the quarterback. Hey, don't let hit the quarterback, you know. But he calls him Tom, like he's hanging out barbecuing with him. Like, hey, stay off my friend Tommy. Like, you know, yeah, it's 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 almost like is it is it, is it even surprising, you know? Like, um, it's, you know, like that one's Taz. You know what? Honestly, that one surprised me. Yeah, I, I mean, I and maybe I'm being naive. Um, that's fine, and and, and you know, and, yeah. and maybe that is the case. Yeah. I, I mean, I. I look at that situation, and if it's a, a legal hit, it is the NFL, Taz. It's a physical, barbaric sport, and you're telling a guy on the Dolphins who've got little to no pushback whatsoever to basically, you know, don't hit the quarterback. I mean, how do you how do you exactly as an official? And I do believe that's what it was told to him. I mean, I really do, and it was a legal hit. He wasn't penalized on the hit. It's not like he went out there and went after Brady's knees or or went head hunting or right, led with right. the crown of his helmet. He did none of that. It was a legal hit. That, but when he was getting up, that's what the official told him. Or he's when he was walking back to the defensive huddle, that surprised me. I mean, I I know you want to see your stars in the league, Taz, but to that level where you're telling a guy in that sport where they have to play loose and fast, it's tough enough as it is to get to the quarterback to where now you're telling Raquan McMillan don't hit the quarterback. No, it's it's really bad. I mean, it, and it's it's again, it's I understand you're surprised by, it, and I'm being sarcastic when I say I'm being sarcastic when I say I'm not surprised, but. It's yeah, it's it's horrible. I mean, it's like really, is that going to happen uh, with Teddy Bridgewater with the Saints? No, hey, stay off Teddy. I mean, that's not going to happen. No, uh, you know, you know, really, it's just it's a bad. You know, uh, it, it's bad. It's bad, and we, we saw it before. I think it was, it was a Super Bowl or last year the AFC Championship. I can't remember. It was something with Tom Brady where the refs were like hanging out before the game with him on the field in pregame, talking with him and acting like like they were just going to act like they were hanging out at the bar drinking beers. I mean, if you're friends with him, that's fine. He's been playing a lot of years. He knows a lot of – I understand that. At least put on the right face during the game and the pregame. You know there's a billion cameras around you. I mean, please, don't sit there and hang out with Tom Brady when you're wearing a black and white striped shirt like he's your best friend a half hour before the game. It's uh, horrible. It's, it's bogus. But is that a personal choice or is that a directive? From – you're like, do about- you think? Yeah, my point being is that oh, for, is that, for the referees, right? Is that one guy saying that because that's the way he feels, or is that a directive when you go into a Patriot game? Well, that's a good question. That I mean, you know they are given the directive: make sure you protect number twelve. Because it, I mean, it's a major conspiracy theory, which I believe in conspiracy theories, right? But so I, 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 that's why I can't argue or debate what you're saying. You might be right. I could well, I'm be, asking you: know? you do you think do you think the, do you think the officials, you know, the the the, the crew that's going to be doing Jets and, and Patriots this weekend? Do you think they're given the directive? To make sure you do whatever you can to protect number twelve, you think you know oh, to be man. vocal with defensive players because you see the officials and players talking back left and right all throughout yeah. the course of the game. It does happen, and you don't know exactly what everything is said between guys and this and that. Now, yeah. McMillan gives you a little bit of a feel. Is that just one official doing that, Taz, or is that a case of well, we want to make sure we keep the face of the NFL upright, healthy, and playing each and every week? The latter. I, I think it's. I think it's uh, maybe it's, protect them. Protect them a little bit. Yeah. 
I do. It just it, we've seen that's too a problem. Much of this. It is a problem, and it's you know we've seen it happen where they they seem again. I'm not a Patriot fan. I know I'm a Bills fan, and I'm a Patriot non-lover. So I know that, but still, I know some people think, "Oh, you're crazy." Uh, maybe I'm crazy. Okay, sometimes I can be crazy, but I do think to the question you're asking, I do think that there is a narrative amongst the refs to watch the face of the NFL, watch the the old timer who's yet still a great, amazing player. Let's protect the greatest of all time. Uh, actually, put Tom Brady in the Hall of Fame right now. Just put him in. Put him <laughs> while he's playing. Just make him a Hall of Famer. Yes. Just, you know, when they have a bye week, when the Patriots have a bye week, they should fly him down to Canton, and they should just induct have him. Have his own separate ceremony. Just put him right in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, alone. The greatest just quarterback of all time. Put him in the Hall of Fame uh, during the Pats bye week. I think that's, I, I think I'm on should be a real side. gold jacket. Yeah, that's, yeah, right. Actual solid gold. Yes. And put him in there with a big 12 on the back and diamonds. That's it. That's you know, exactly right. Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, the greatest really, of all just, time. Just put him in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. Well, I will say it's, it's better for business when Brady's on the field. Um, yep, you know, it, it does hurt when you don't have Breeze this weekend. All due respect to Bridgewater. It does hurt when you don't have Roethlisberger this weekend. All due respect to Mason Rudolph. And, you know, those are older stars, Taz. But it does hurt the league when you don't have those guys on the field playing week in and week out. Those established stars, guys that know they've seen perform in big-time spots, have memorable comebacks, guys that you trust. That does hurt the league. So, I mean, it, would you – you know, they've changed rules – Listen, he can't go low on a quarterback after Brady tore his ACL, got mm-hmm. hit by what? Was it uh, uh, Bernie Pollard, right? For the Kansas City Chiefs. Remember that opening week game yeah. up in Foxborough, Kansas, uh, Kansas City in town? He goes low, blows out Brady's knee. After that season, you can no longer go low on a quarterback. Right. They adjust the rules, they make sure they protect the quarterbacks. I thought it was fascinating because you kind of get a little bit of a feel of what's going on in the conversation. And you and I both believe the young man, Raquan McMillan. And week two. I'm sorry, week two. Uh, second week, I should say, of November. That's when I'm proposing Tom Brady goes in the Hall of Fame. Uh, they take on the Bills, I imagine. No, no, it's a oh. bye week. For them. Oh. So they, they, they come out off a plane uh, in Baltimore, and then they have a bye week. So it's week two of November. Week, week two, I keep saying week two. No, second week of November. That's when I think it's time to put Tom Brady in the Hall of Fame. Just take him down to Canton. He's off that week anyway. <laughs> and just put him right in. That's so, it. Yeah. So, <laughs> unbelievable. Hey, for all, nothing but the best, right? Yeah, listen. Look, I'm I'm obviously being very sarcastic. Look, he is the greatest. He is great. I know that. And of course, uh, when I was a Jet fan, he pounded my Jets. Uh, now, as a Bill fan, Bills fan, he pounds my Bills. Right, but uh, if but you, he's if, annoying. If so. you, I, I get he's annoying, Taz. But if you were a lifelong, just put yourself in the shoes of a lifelong Pat fan. Yeah, wouldn't you be happy this is happening? Uh, yes. I would. Yeah, so, I'm jealous. I mean, and yeah, so I'm would jealous. I. Yeah, I mean, jealous. so I'm not. Yeah. I'm not talking about the winning. I'm talking about them looking out for the player. Oh yeah, of course. I'm not talking yeah, about yeah, all the yeah, success. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about the Lombardi I trophies. I I'm talking yeah. about the fact of they're looking after. You've them. got an older quarterback. Hey, let's not have him take unnecessary hits. Right. Right. And right. make sure you let it be known to the defense. Listen, you can hit him, but you're not going to be able to take unnecessary hits. You're not going to be able to take pop shots at him. You're not going to be able to do right. anything like that. If I were a Patriot fan, I'd be like, yeah, that's great. Uh, Brady might play another 10 years if that is indeed the case. Exactly. And then you go down to Dallas. Strange story, Taz, because Taco Charlton was a hell of a player for the University of Michigan. Yep. Was the 28th overall pick in the 2017 um, NFL draft. Um, And since then, has played, I think, in 
how many games did he play? 27 games? Well, he was inactive for the Cowboys the first two games of, of the this season. year. Season, right, this season. Right, but he had 17 and 18. Okay, right. Right, so I, he's only had four sacks. Mm. And he's and he's bothered by the uh, bothered by uh, Dallas because he doesn't like the way the rotation is set up, and now he's been a massive disappointment. Yeah, uh, and the Cowboys have tried to trade him for months, but it's not often. You look at that Cowboy team, Taz. The one thing you give Dallas, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, they've done a nice job in the draft. They brought yeah, in a lot they, of guys yeah, that have been right. impact players for that team. But this is a big fat old miss right. because Taco Charlton hasn't really done all that much for him. And they decided to get rid of the headache after he basically said, get me out of here. Yeah. Um, and wow. they cut him yesterday, released him yesterday. We'll see where Charlton does end up. Reports where they had conversations with Houston, the Texans, and maybe trying to trade him there and get some sort of a draft asset back. But then teams realized, well, they're just going to cut him. Why do I need to trade for him? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And, you know, I got to be honest with you, though. Just really, <clears throat> I do think sometimes, though, um, you, you have a situation where the scheme, uh, the, the system just doesn't fit the player. That's fair. And and you know what? This kid had an excellent college career. I, I remember. Good player. Him. Good player. And so that's the thing. Like, maybe it's a situation where, you know, he goes someplace else and he flourishes. As you said, he was a number one pick in 2017. He's a monstrous kid. He's 280 pounds. He's 6'6". I remember he ran a 40, like under, like a 4940. I mean, he, he's, I remember in the, watching him in the combine. He mm. was he was crazy, crazy impressive, you know. And then, yeah, I'm looking up right now. He benched 225 for 25 reps, which is a lot of reps, you know, uh, the way they do their reps. And then 33, uh, 33 vertical jump, and then the 20 yard shot. He had a 4.39. I mean, this kid's athletic. He's fast. He's still young. I mean, so I I, don't know, I got a feeling he ends up someplace else and he does well. Yeah, I think he's going to get another opportunity someplace else. Uh, yeah, maybe you're right, Taz. Maybe it was the scheme down in Dallas. Uh, maybe, you know, what they were asking him to do didn't fit his skill set. Um, you know, remember we, were, we had DeMarcus Ware in here in that conversation, right? And what technique, you'll remember this, what technique did he want to line up in and Parcells didn't want to line up and have him line remember. up in? I don't do you remember. know what I'm saying? Uh, I know I do know, but so I don't remember what he said. If, if oh, you weren't geez. listening that morning, DeMarcus Ware wanted to line up in a certain technique, yeah, this... and Parcells said, no, 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 no. And then remember. he finally lined up in that technique, and the first time that he did, was it the five tech? No, I, I forget I, what he I said. I don't remember. Um, I can't remember. And then he got a sack. Right, and right. then Parcells basically from that point forward, yeah, all good. he did we're was good. line up yeah. in that technique. Yeah. So to now. kind of play yeah. to your point that you were mentioning it, yeah. maybe it's a case that Charlton needs to go to a spot where they know how to utilize his talents better than the Cowboys did. But Dallas has done a nice job of developing young players. They really Charlton have. was a miss. Yeah, they really they missed on him, and and well, maybe he missed on him. Maybe he just couldn't fit in that scheme like we were saying. So you know, we'll see. He's a young guy. He was a good player in college, real good player. So hopefully, it works out for him. We'll see. We'll, we'll see where up. he does end yeah. up. Maybe he does end up signing with the Houston Texans after they failed to trade for him. We'll come back. We got the undercard for you on this Thursday morning. Both Taz and I were both on the uh, the Jaguars tonight in a close game. Correct. Correct. Both on the Jaguars tonight. So in a little Thursday night football. But the undercard comes your way next. It's Taz Moose, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. That's right. On a Thursday morning, it is Taz and the Moose with you right here on CBS Sports Radio. We got the undercard coming your way. 
Thursday night football tonight, Jaguars and Titans. We've got a big football Friday tomorrow. College picks, NFL picks for you. Uh, and plenty to get to tomorrow as we take you through the morning right here. Sirius and XM206, the app as well. And also check us out, all great affiliates across the country. Download that podcast each and every day, radio.com, Apple Podcast, and also Stitcher as well. Here we go, the undercard. Taz and the Moose present the undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. Hi, Mike. All right, Bruce Bochy, we mentioned, does have the 2,000 wins. Does any of it feel weird because he actually has more losses than wins, or is that just a part of baseball? I don't know. I mean, he's been in, I mean, we were talking about extolling the virtues of Bruce Bochy to begin the hour. Um... I'm not going to look at his final record. I mean, I think he's a Hall of Famer, Taz. He won a lot out in San Francisco. Uh, they won three World Series uh, when he was managing the team out there with the Giants. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, does that mean that, you know, you're going to have also a career record? This is not the 1920s Yankees or Torrey, the run that he had with the Yankees, or even Bobby Cox with the Atlanta Braves when he did all that winning. Yeah, he lost a lot of games, but I don't think that defines you as a manager. You need the talent to be able to go out there and win. And, you know, I completely trusted Bruce Bochy as a manager. Oh, I agree completely. I, and to answer your question, I don't think the – I don't know what you're saying. Like, you know, the, any losses, the, the amount of losses he had or whatever. No, nah, nah, he's, he's, he's earned this. This is a huge, huge thing, huge, huge accomplishment during that 200 – 2,000, I should say, 2,000 win club. That's a, that's a lot of baseball. That's coaching up a lot of baseball. That's dealing with a lot of ups and downs. As we know, baseball is a very, very – uh, stressful sport where it's just you know there's there's more failure than winning. I mean that's 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 the tough part about the game. I mean so you're coaching that you're dealing with guys' emotions, the mental psyche. It's difficult. It's difficult. And for a guy to like Bochy to have two thousand wins, uh, that's why there's such a short list. I mean it's ultra impressive. I mean so yeah. So no, I, I, it's fine by me. Uh, I can't that? believe they just did that. Wow. Does the Giants starting Daniel Jones in any way speed up the process for the Redskins to start Dwayne Haskins? I think you got to look at everything individually. I don't think one has anything to do with the other. I, I think the Giants feel Jones is ready to play. I think he looked really good in the preseason. He's throwing guys open. I saw Charlie Castle yesterday, uh, or two days ago, I should say, when they made the announcement on the NFL Network. Um, breaking down his game film and you know showing you how he's throwing guys open, um, throwing with anticipation. Now playing very vanilla defenses, Taz, over the course of the preseason. But um, you know the very fact remains is that uh, the Giants feel like Daniel Jones is ready, um, and I don't think the Redskins do. I think they've been pretty open and honest down in Washington, feeling like he needs time to develop and time to work out some things that he was not a finished product coming out of Ohio State. Yeah, but I do think it's, a, it's definitely an interesting question, uh, Mike, that you're asking for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, Haskins had you know a lot of lot of attention, a lot of hype coming out, as we all know, out of uh, out of Ohio State with the Buckeyes. I mean, you know, he seems like a very intelligent quarterback. I saw some stuff with him uh, during the draft, during the weeks leading up to the draft, and I can't remember who was interviewing him, and he was doing the chalkboard thing with uh, Mari- uh, Mariucci. What's the Mar- Mar- Mariucci? Mar- the the yeah. 49ers former coach. Yeah. Mariucci. Anyway, yeah, Mariucci. Yeah, he, yeah. and it was like, wow, this kid is really sharp, like really, really sharp. So my point in saying that about Dwayne Haskins, I would assume it's not a situation where Haskins 
can't learn the offense. I, I don't think it's that. He just comes he came across to me on seeing him under the gun on TV and this question of uh, offensive offenses and stuff like that. Like, he nailed everything. So he seems sharp to me. Um, but I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, the Redskins have been much more quiet about glow, about putting over and then glowing about Dwayne Haskins than the Giants have been about Daniel Jones. So I guess there's no shock of why Jones is starting. Yeah, and, and you know. uh, I think, and also, Taz, I, I think, uh, you know, the general manager and the, the head coach in New York are in a little bit more of a, a precarious spot than maybe Bruce Allen and Gruden are down in Washington uh, to where Jones now uh, becomes a little bit of, of coverage for them where the focus is not on the job that they did because if Gettleman... Regardless of the defense or anything like that, if Jones is a franchise guy and he was right, and you've got Daniel Jones for the next 10 to 12 years, Dave Gellman's going to be viewed as a conquering hero. Sure. So it's really sink or swim for both those gentlemen, and they've hooked their wagon up to uh, the young quarterback out of Duke. Yeah, they sure have, and we'll see. We'll see how it evolves, and then hopefully it uh, works out uh, for, for Daniel Jones and for the New York Giants. So, the, you know, and, and, and I think it's a big plus, like I was saying yesterday, the day before. Uh, for, for Barkley and Jones to work together and build some chemistry and cohesiveness because that backfield is going to be them potentially for years to come. Mm. You know, uh, so that I think that with a quarterback and, and not just a not just a quarterback to running back or quarterback to halfback exchange on handoffs, not just that, but just communication, picking up a blitz, you know, uh, 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 audibleing and, and, and picking up uh, Barkley in the flat for, for a dump off, safety valve pass, something like whatever. Just that kind of cohesiveness is there. You saw that <clears throat> right away, uh, you know, with, once Kamara got on with the Saints as a starter. He and Drew Brees had that connectivity uh, with quarterback to running back connection. And I think you, you could get that same thing with Barkley and maybe Daniel Jones here going forward. All right, next. Oh, oh. Sean Payton and Drew Brees have been attached at the hip their entire time in New Orleans. How much pressure is on Payton to prove that he can win games as a head coach without Breeze the next six to seven weeks? Uh, that's a good one. Um, because we posed that question with Tomlin in Pittsburgh, right? Well, you'll learn a little bit. Um, you'll learn a little bit about Mike Tomlin, the head coach now, without Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, a, a Patriot, Le'Veon Bell, a, a New York Jet. Uh, will you learn something about Payton? Yeah, I mean, I, I, if he can, I mean, if that offense doesn't miss a beat, Taz. Uh, then won't you learn something about the head coach? Yeah, uh, you probably will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, if he's able to game plan around the talents sure. of Teddy Bridgewater sure. and yeah. and Taysom Hill. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that would say a lot about the head coach. Yeah, and I, I think Sean Payton's success is more than having Drew Brees as his guy. You know, same thing with Bill Belichick with Tom Brady. I, I, I'm not saying these both of these coaches, Belichick and, and Payton, for argument's sake. Could win as much for their in their in the past in their career if they didn't have those two great quarterbacks. Probably not, but I, I still think amazing coaches. I think Sean Payne's a great, great coach. He's, you know, and I think that he's going to make him and his staff. They're going to make these changes. You know, uh, as far as whatever they're going to do with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill, and if they're going to shuttle, sh- shift it up, and stuff like that. Who knows? We'll see. I do think we'll, we'll see. But yeah, is it much difficult <laughs> to coach? Coach, you don't have that star quarterback like a Drew Brees there? Sure, but but you got guys like Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn. You got Alvin Kamara. You got, you know, you got great plays. You got a really good defense. You know, a guy like Cam Jordan off the edge who just gets after it like a machine. I mean, you got, 
you know, pretty good D-backs there. You know, so I mean, you know, Eli Apple and Lattimore, you know, they got some good players on this team. So, I mean, that's Sean Payton bringing those guys in. You know, he, he deserves a lot of credit without, without, with or without Breeze. No doubt. No doubt. And we'll see exactly what they do this week up in Seattle against the Seahawks. All right, yes. next. Thank you. There's been a national day for everything. It's been a point of conversation on the show the last couple days. There's two today. If you had to pick one, you have to go with either National Butterscotch Pudding Day, which you can eat, or you have to talk like a pirate for the day. Which would you choose? <laughs> wow. That's a good one. My a kids would love that, talking like a pirate. Um, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had butterscotch pudding. I have. It's actually really, really good. Is I it like, good? I do. Yes. Do they have I, like a crust on the top of it? Uh, the one I had didn't, it, it, but that sounds good. But no, um, anything, I like butterscotch. Anything butterscotch I like, I don't know. I, what's the, I, talk like a pirate, you said? Or, or yeah. Like, yeah. Like, matey. Arr, uh, what the plank? Arr, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd probably, or what's it like, eat butterscotch pudding for the whole day? Is that what you said, Mike? Well, I, you, know, I, you could do well, three meals, we'll say. We'll day. What, would you, what do you respect more? What, what should the day? There's two delineations to today. Butterscotch pudding day or talk like a pirate day. Which one do you respect more? I which, think, what, which day talk do you like think? Talk like a pirate day. I think if everybody, but everyone has to do it. Like everybody in society for the day, it would be like a mandate. Whatever country you're in, your president or your your, your prime minister, wherever the hell you live. Captain Jack. Yeah. Hey, my day. Hey, Pete the body, my day. Play the job. You know, that kind of thing. Like, walk the plank. <laughs> punk. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I, would, I would say, I would say, if everybody talked like a pirate for the whole day, it would probably be outstanding. Uh, I think it would be very entertaining. Yes, I would think be. it would be very, very entertaining. Talk to do a radio show for three hours like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if Chernoff would like that. No. I actually had a producer on the Taz show, and he was the captain, Captain Tom. And he was—he looked like a pirate. Did so he really? That was just, yeah, he did. He had a eye patch? Uh, we put an eye patch on him for a few days. All can decide we did. We had video then. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Captain Tom. Where's Captain Tom now? He's in Seattle doing audio mixing. He got as far away from me as possible. Oh, so he went to some little island in Seattle, believe it or not. Oh, really? That's where he is. Yeah. That's story. cool. Good story. Good. Get away Captain me. Tom. Yep. Got away. What are you doing talking like pirates? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Ain't he? Uh, yeah, I, no, I think the pirates. How about you, Mike? You want everybody to talk about butterscotch pudding? Uh, pirate, for sure. I think it'd be excellent. Yeah, Pete? Yeah. I think talk like pirates while eating butterscotch pudding. Ah, see, now that, you're a oh. small man. See, now that I like. That's nice. That's good, yeah. With the beard, all that butterscotch pudding falling in the big black beard would be Beaties. difficult. You know, wearing a do-rag. Hey, you can't use patch. a spoon. No, but if you're a pirate, use your hand. Or like a piece of wood. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, they're, they're hard-ass Oh, guys. we're going all pirate, all... not just talking like pirates. Yeah, just live like a pirate. Like, now. live like a pirate for the live, day. Yeah, for like, the be day. walking around with, like, a big turkey leg hanging Correct. out of your mouth. All the peers in your... Any, you know, right? There's no sense of water. sanitation. Correct. Just you don't, don't wipe yourself. You just Nothing. walk around. You're just That's it. yelling at... Just dirty. Yeah, just yelling at the... Uh, well, whatever. Yeah, you're yelling at people. Mm. Let's put that yeah. You're just angry. You smell... Um, burp, you throw up a lot, mm. you're, you're farting, you're, well, yeah, you're just eating. Like, like Antonio Brown. At yeah, kind of like that, just less wealthy. Yeah. And you're eating live animals. That's probably not good, but you get my point. Okay. Uh, oh, I think pirates actually cook the animals. They do, the time, but they have but... a, pirate, uh, a, carrot, a carrot, a parrot on your shoulder. Everyone's got to get a parrot now with yes. a carrot. Oh, yeah, what a carrot. A parrot with a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. Ooh, oh. And then the final one to build off that. What would Patrick Mahomes sound like talking like a pirate? Oh, my God. 
Uh, oh. I, don't, I don't know if that's even. That would be hilarious. Kind of Mahomes like talking now. like a pyro would be great. Be <laughs> He's got such a distinct sound. It's awesome. Oh, it really is. I mean, like, uh, like such a distinct and yeah. different player. Oh, well, hey, buddy. Yeah, instead of buddy, he would say matey. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> matey. Ahoy, oh, matey. Oh, matey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he yeah. could definitely do Cat a pirate. Captain Andy Reid. He could do a pirate. Voice. <laughs> I think. It, I, uh, think I think. I think Patrick Mahomes could probably do anything he wants right now. Yeah, he can, and he'd win. It, he'd win doing it. Yeah. Um. All right. Good job, Mike. Pete across the way. Bogish with the updates to uh, Tony Pacelli for joining us earlier on in the program as well. Uh, Taz, good stuff as always, brother. Yes, you too. Good job. Thank you, everyone. Everyone, enjoy the Thursday night game tonight. Week three of the NFL season is upon us. Jaguars and uh, and Titans down in Jacksonville. Both Taz and I are on Jacksonville tonight. Big football Friday show tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody. Peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.